This is Abacus. I'm Bob the CPA. Today I'm talking with job search strategist Hannah Morgan. She let me pick her brain about the five simple things you can start doing today to not only speed up your job search, but also get better results. So if it's been a couple of years or more since you've last looked for a job, you need a refresher. You need to update your your knowledge around how job search is happening and, and what those trends are. You can get links and show notes for today's episode and download a checklist for the five ways you can speed up your job search by visiting abacusshow.com slash 202. And in today's coaching note, I'll share with you a new way of looking at goals. And I'll tell you why going with the flow is no way to manage your career. All this coming up on Abacus. Let's go. Learn everything you need to know to have a successful and fulfilling accounting career. Whether you're on the partner track or you're making your own path, this is Abacus. Hannah, welcome to the show. Well, thanks so much for having me, Bob. It's a pleasure to be here. So Hannah, I asked you on today because you're a job search strategist and we're going to be talking about the five ways to speed up your job search. And before we dive into all that, I was wondering if you could give us a little idea of your background and qualifications for kind of how you've learned all this stuff you're going to teach us today. That's a great question. I think part of the reason why I am so passionate about this is that I myself have gone through um, some of the ups and downs and hurdles of careers. Um, I have been in the workforce as a human resource generalist, so I've done hiring and recruiting on a temporary and permanent basis. I've also done outplacement services, so when companies were downsizing people, they would call in a firm I was working for and we would help them navigate the job search process. Most of them were not prepared. I've also done work with the workforce development system where people who were collecting unemployment would come in and take advantage of the free services that the one stops offer in every state, and I was in New York State doing this. So it's given me a really great perspective on the different issues that job seekers face, whether they're an active job seeker, in other words, they're unemployed, or they are employed and looking, which we refer to as a passive job seeker. I think that there are lots of sort of common themes that people experience as they go through the job search process. And so starting on those common themes, I guess, what would you say is the the fastest way to get your job search going? So people don't like hearing this because their natural inclination is just jump right on the job boards. But I, I have to say that the first thing that people need to do before they embark on a job search is really be clear about what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, and really begin to pinpoint what they are best suited and what they want to do. And, and I think a lot of people, depending on where they are in their career and where they are in their job search, get into this slump and say, you know what, I'll take anything. I just want out of where I am. And the grass is not always greener. And if you don't know what your strengths and weaknesses are, today's job market is really competitive. So having the minimum qualifications is no longer enough. They're looking for that quality, that differentiator that would make that person a really valuable hire. And the tricky part is that varies from employer to employer. So if we just are going about this job search saying, okay, I'm an accountant and I've got all the basic requirements, I, you know, I, I'm a CPA and I've been doing this for 10 years, that's not enough to differentiate yourself from all the other CPAs who have 10 years of experience. 
Because not all CPAs or accounting professionals are created equal. They have areas that they prefer to focus in on. It doesn't mean they can't do the other stuff, but they really do have areas of strength. And that's what, what's going to help differentiate them. That is really the most important thing. There have been so many people that I've met with over the years that have said things like, I, I just need a job. It doesn't matter what it is. I'll take anything. And that's not true. And and as a result, people can't help you if they don't know what you're looking for and they don't know where you're going to be a fit. So fine-tuning that message is really critical to beating up the job search. And just jumping back to something you said uh, right away is a lot of people just say, oh, I want out of here. And that's especially prevalent in the accounting industry when people start out at one of these big public accounting firms and it's coming up on the busiest time of year we call busy season, you know, January to April, depending on if you're audit and tax. And come the fall, which is right about when this episode's going to go live, people are scrambling to be like, I just will take any job. I don't want to do that again. Uh, but it's really important to take a step back and say, you know, what do you want and what are you good at? So I love that you put that right up front. Right. And so, and, and oftentimes we just know that we don't like where we are. And so it's great to make sort of a pros and cons list. If you can't identify what it is you really want next, just start with a list of pros and cons. This is what I love about my work and the people that I work with and my work environment. And this is what I hate about my work and the people I work with and my work environment. And from that list of pros and cons or the love and hate, you can identify, okay, the, the ideal company, and who knows if it really exists, but it's worth looking for. The ideal company will have these kinds of people working for it. It will be this kind of a job. I'll be doing primarily these tasks. Uh, and this is the kind of culture that is, is in, conducive to the kind of work that I want to do. And in there are different cultures out there, and it's not publicized necessarily on the website. And that's why sort of that, this next step that I'm going to recommend is really important. In order to find out what that ideal company is, you start with the list of pros and cons, and then you need to identify companies that meet that criteria. And we don't know who those are. I like to call it a list, and lots of people refer to this as, so the next step is identify a list of 30 or so, and I thought that number sounds huge, but bear with me, 30 target companies. And these are companies that are in the world of accounting. They, they, either it's corporate accounting or they're accounting firms or they're advisors and consultants. They are 30-ish companies that you know have the ability to hire somebody who does what you do. It doesn't mean they currently have jobs with openings. That's irrelevant. I just the qualification and criteria for making this list of 30 is that they these companies hire people who do what you do. From that list of 30, you're going to begin doing research on those companies by looking at their website or by talking and by talking to people who work for that company and get a better sense of what they like about working there, what they don't like working about that and that company, how they got their foot in the door with that company, and what advice or recommendation they would give you if you wanted to pursue an opportunity at that company. How would they recommend you go about doing that? And, so, and then check out Glassdoor because oftentimes there are some um, employer reviews on there. So anonymous employees go on Glassdoor and talk about what they like about the company and what they don't like about the company. Um, and right now that's sort of the primary tool out there for getting an inside look without having to talk with people. So that's, that target list becomes critical for driving your job search activity. 
then I'm going to take another step back because people say to me all the time, how do I find target companies? Where, where do I go to find this list of companies? And, and so there are a couple of different ways of doing that. You can go to um, just even Google best accounting firms in your city. Or you could look at, you know, the Inc. or the, the Forbes list of top companies if you're looking for corporate accounting, best companies to work for. They, they all have that. Glassdoor even has lists of top, uh, top companies to work for. Oftentimes within your city, there is a, um, a business journal that lists the top 100 companies in your city or the city that you want to work for. So if you start looking at these lists, I think what happens, um, what I've seen happen with a lot of job seekers is that they're surprised at how many companies there really are that they had no idea about. So finding those company or employer lists is going to begin that process of identifying 30 companies. And from there, you're going to whittle that number down um, because as you do research, you will find out, ooh, no, 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 this isn't a company that I like or would like to work for. And then companies will pop on your radar that you hadn't heard of before, and you can then add them. So it's an, a, a dynamic list of companies that you're continually using to sort of evaluate whether or not you want to work there. So this seems like... Uh a fairly involved and time-consuming process. How much should people budget time-wise, maybe per week, if they're thinking about leaving in the next one to two months? Right, and and so that's a really good question. I, they say that looking for a job is a full-time job, and if you're working a job, it's really hard to find the time to put this kind of time into a job search. So the so where do I start with this? The hiring process is is taking longer today because employers are being more and more picky on what it is they're looking for. Um, there have been some surveys and, and data out there that um, it's taking about 30 business days to, for a company to fill a position. So 30 business days is longer than a month, right? So I, I would encourage people that, you know, first of all, this is going to take longer than you want to have, that, have happen. So if you want out in two months, you need to start immediately. It's probably going to take you closer to three. Uh, just to be realistic, right? And so... The more time you can invest doing the right things, and we'll talk about that next, the better. Um, usually it's going to be on weekends that you'll have time to do this, this kind of research and this time, but it's got to be at least a couple of hours a week. Perfect. I just like to set everybody's expectations. People think they can just kind of show up one day and all of a sudden a job will be handed to them, but there is a lot of work involved with going out and finding the right role for you. You're absolutely right. And, and the reason what I'm talking, you know, the, all these steps that I'm talking about, the self-evaluation and the researching companies and, and identifying companies is so important is that everything that you're going to do um, based off of that information, knowing yourself and your strengths and, and targeting companies will make you more effective and efficient in doing these other things. What happens all too often, and it's an easy trap to fall into, is that people go to job boards, whether it be Monster or a niche site for accounting jobs or an Indeed, and all they do for hour after hour is search the job boards. You're not seeing a good representation of the number of jobs that are available if you're only using the job boards. There are many more jobs available than that, and, and so people tend to get frustrated and aren't getting any headway when they are only applying to job boards. So developing this target list, going back to that, will allow you to be more proactive and uncover the hidden job market, people like to call it, by 
looking at the company website, oftentimes companies will only post their job posting on their own job board. They don't want to be overwhelmed by posting it to other places. And if you haven't gone to that company website to look at their career page and you miss that job posting, you've missed out on the opportunity. So if you have a list of 30 companies, you can regularly cycle through or even create alerts on that company website so that you can see those new jobs as they are being posted. So it allows you to get there faster, sooner, which is obviously critical. It also allows you to proactively network in other words, reach out to people you know who work for some of these people, these companies that you want to work for. And, and that immeasurably makes a huge, a huge difference. Um, a small little company that you may have heard of called Ernst & Young back in 2013 said, we plan on, I mean, it was 20, 2014, said, we plan on doing about half of our jobs externally through employee referrals. Because people, employee referrals last longer in the job, come up to speed faster, and are cheaper to fill. So if Ernst & Young, just a small little company, has figured that out, right, um, all other companies are following suit. This is an, a new trend, and it's really not a new trend, but more and more companies are putting together employee referral programs that are official to attract employee referrals because it is a better investment of their time recruiting and, and hiring. The only way you're going to get referred is if you know somebody inside a company. And the only way you're going to meet people inside a company is to identify companies you want to work for. So that, that's really where the circle comes into play. If you're not identifying companies, you're going to miss out on job opportunities. But once you've got that list, everything that you do from that point forward is very focused. You're going to network with people who are working with those companies, and you don't have to reach out to them individually because I'm an introvert, just like a lot of accountants. In other words, I don't like talking with people I don't know, but I do go to industry conferences, and I do go to meetups around my profession in my local city because I know I've got something in common with those people, and everybody in that room that I'm talking to has a job. And they know what's going on in the marketplace. So it doesn't have to just be one-on-one -on -one networking. It can be networking with, within, within industry. A lot of the professional associations have local meetups and meetings. If not, they've got online things going on, and you can get an idea there. So networking is critical. Reaching out to recruiters who specialize in your area of accounting or expertise is also a great way to um, tap into jobs that may not become public. Uh, a lot of companies, as I said, don't like the rigmarole and the hassle of dealing with all the people that are applying, so they'll retain a recruiter to fill that job for them, um, or at least provide them with candidates to look at. So um, I really encourage people with that specific accounting knowledge and expertise to reach out to recruiters, third-party recruiters who specialize in accounting and accounting-related roles. And Robert Half is a huge one. There are a lot of jobs um, that they have um, posted around the country. Um, so there's probably a Robert, Robert Half office near you that has jobs that would be of, of, of benefit. And for anyone who's not sure how to reach out to recruiters, um, the very first episode of this podcast, if you go back to season one, I'll take a link in the show notes. But uh, it tells you the things you should be asking recruiters to find out if they actually know what they're talking about, especially in uh, your local area. So go give that a listen once you're done with this interview. And that's a really great point because not all recruiters are created equal. Some are better than others. 
Um, I always find that a great, your, your podcast is probably going to be great too. One of the pieces of wisdom or advice I would give also to job seekers is if you are looking for a good recruiter, because people say, how do I find the good ones? One of the things that you can do is ask people who are, you know, who are accounting in the accounting world and say, hey, have you ever worked with, an, with a recruiter? Who would you recommend? Um, that I reach out to. And oftentimes they say, oh, yeah, I love this person. Reach out to them. They're great. So word of mouth referrals for recruiters, just like any other service provider, does carry a lot of weight. Absolutely. Especially if you're maybe if you're still in your firm, you're afraid to ask your peers because you don't want everyone to know you're leaving. Um, You can always reach out to people who are on your team, you know, the last couple of years who've already left. Um, I'm sure they still have a couple of recruiters they worked with either when they were leaving or maybe they're working with them currently. So there's a, a whole lot of places you can go after that. Great. Good, good. Um, The other thing that's really important is to get help. We tend to think that we can do everything ourselves. And I get it. People are trying to save money and we want to be smart. And I'm not suggesting that people go hire a private coach, but I will say that job search today is very different than it was five years ago. So if it's been a couple of years or more since you've last looked for a job, you need a refresher. You need to update your your knowledge around how job search is happening and, and what those trends are. I think the other thing that people need to really understand around getting this help is we often need a support network of people who can help hold us accountable. We we talked about this in the very beginning of the conversation that this does require a serious time commitment. If you're not giving it two hours a week or you know you can't stay on track with that, buddy up with somebody that you can work with to hold each other accountable to meet some of these goals that you're setting for yourself to be productive in job search. It's really easy to get discouraged. Rejection is part of the job search process. And and so finding that accountability partner is going to help lift your spirits, keep you on track, and just keep you moving forward. That's such a good point about uh, rejection and kind of getting down. I mean, even if you've nailed the interview and they really want to come hire you, it could take them a couple weeks to get it through all the proper approvals and maybe, you know, the hiring managers on vacation or the HR managers on vacation. And then you just don't hear anything back and you start kind of getting down on yourself, beating yourself up, wondering what you did. And you just got to kind of relax a little bit and know that this is a long process and some of them are going to work out. Some of them aren't, but you can't take it personally. I know. And, and I think that's such a good point. It's so, it's so easy to take this personally. I mean, gosh, you're putting yourself out there and it really oftentimes has nothing to do with you. I mean, it, when we think, and I've seen some of the reasons companies have decided not to hire a person, most cases it has nothing to do with the individual at all. It is that their boss told them that they had to promote somebody internally or that the, the, comp, the president of the company had a, an uncle who wanted the job instead, so they gave it to, to him or that the, the company decided that they we're going to put a hold on the job altogether and they weren't going to move forward with it. Or there was just another candidate that came out of the blue that had amazing qualifications um, and they got hired. So there are so many reasons why you may not be selected and it is just part of the process. As far as getting help, you know, one of the things too, of those myths that we want people to, I want people to break is that you're going to be able to negotiate your next salary. Um, and I want people to understand the there are no rules, the guidelines on how to negotiate and when to negotiate. If you don't know how to negotiate your job salary because you didn't do it last time or you didn't think you could, I'll tell you, you absolutely can and should try to negotiate your job 
your salary um, and or, you know, the terms of your employment, because salary may not be everything, it may not be the most important criteria. And I'll tell you, heads up, you cannot negotiate during the interview process. The only time you can negotiate is after you've received the offer. And an offer, in case you don't know, sounds like, we're prepared to offer you a job. We want you to start this date, make this amount of money with these terms. If you haven't heard those words, you haven't seen that in writing, you can't negotiate. So don't try. Oh, that's another great point. A lot of people think they go, oh, we really like you. We'd probably like to bring you on. And that is not an offer (laughs) at that point. No, it's not an offer. It isn't. Great. I look forward to seeing the offer that you're going to present me. When can I look forward to seeing that, says the job seeker. So, um, you know, PayScale um, dot com has a very nice um, negotiating guide um, with tips and tricks and guidance on negotiating your um, job offer. So I would encourage people to become familiar with with at least negotiating in some way, shape, or form. That's a great resource. Everybody go and uh, check that out. I'll also include a link to that in the show notes for today's episode. One of the things that more and more employers are doing across industry is tapping into social media to learn more about candidates. So social media is broad and big, and but one of the places we know employers and recruiters are going to source and vet, research, investigate, whatever words you want to use, uh, candidates is LinkedIn. And when they're going to LinkedIn, they expect to find at a minimum what's on your resume or more, hopefully more. And, and there's a great opportunity, I think, for job seekers to do more with their LinkedIn profile to give a recruiter a better sense of who you are. And if there's nothing there, if it's a blank slate, if you're not there at all, it's a red flag. So um, I want people to take that more seriously. I completely agree. I found my last, uh, I want to say my last three jobs were from recruiters who found me on LinkedIn. And a lot of people get frustrated because they do all this work and then it, you know, they don't get a job the next day with it. It's kind of a long-term thing, but it's really important to have out there. Absolutely. Keywords are critical in skills. So if you think about all of those crazy job descriptions and all of those keywords and the terminology and the the technical skills required in the accounting field, those have got to be within your LinkedIn profile in order for you to show up in a recruiter's search. And that's why I say, like getting hip with today's job search trends and what's going on, you should know how to use LinkedIn. And for anyone who's interested, there will be a link to... uh... I also have a LinkedIn book on uh, Amazon or I have it for free on the website. So I'll link to that in the uh, show notes also, especially that SEO portion. It's uh, the final chapter. So uh, you can also go check that out for free after you listen to this episode. You've got it all covered, my friend, right? This is, this is good. Yes. Yeah. So just a real quick recap. You want to start out by deciding what you want and what your value is. You want to identify a list of 30 target companies and start doing some research and networking. You want to network with people not only in those companies, but also with recruiters in your area. You want to not be afraid of getting help. And then you want to make sure that in today's job market, you're using social media and LinkedIn to the full potential. Is there anything I missed there? You got it. I think, you know, baked into part of that is making sure that you can invest the most amount of time in the right kinds of activities. Right, which is obviously networking and being proactive and reaching out and, and tapping into inside connections. Fantastic. So, Hannah, before I let you go, is there anything I didn't ask you about or we didn't talk about that you want to make sure the audience knows today? You know, one of the things that you said already, and I think it's really worth reiterating, re- reemphasizing, is the fact that this is probably going to take longer than you want it to take. The employers are dragging their feet. So, 
prepare for the worst case scenario, knowing that, you know, you're not going to be out of your job tomorrow. It's probably going to take you a while. But I think the good news for those people who are employed and looking is that that being employed and looking always makes you more marketable than being unemployed and looking. So don't quit your job to invest more time in job search. Always have a job because it does give you more, more clout, more, you're a more attractive candidate. And then where can people find you online if they want to check up on what you've been writing or anything you've been putting out recently? Yeah, I have a, a website. It's careersherpa.net. And I regularly, at least a couple times a week, I'm posting content there um, with different tips and advice on what's new in, in the job search world. I'm also really active on Twitter, um, at Career Sherpa and Hannah Morgan on LinkedIn. So I invite anybody to connect with me in those places as well. I love social media. Fantastic. All right, Hannah, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This is awesome. And I uh, really appreciate you taking the time. You're welcome, Bob. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to uh, sharing this when it goes live. Earlier in this episode, you heard from Hannah that the first thing you need to do to speed up your job search is to take a good long look at yourself to identify both what you want and the skills and experience you have that'll help you get there. Goals are so important because leaving things up to chance is no way to manage a career. Going with the flow will only take you so far. Sometimes it takes you to the beautiful ocean, and sometimes right down to the sewer. It's a crapshoot, and you shouldn't leave your career up to chance. Today, let's talk about how you should be thinking about goal setting. The first thing I'd like to say is that goals are like a compass. They're not a roadmap. Success is a journey with a constantly changing destination, and it's natural for your goals to change over time. So it would be silly to expect there to be a roadmap all laid out for you. Instead, set clear goals and use a compass, which points you in the right general direction. Then, be ready to make adjustments as you learn and grow over time. Imagine your journey to success as a round of golf. Even if you're on the hole with a hill, you still know the right general way you need to hit the ball to get to the pin. Keep hitting the ball in the right general direction, and eventually you get there. And once you do get there, it's time to set a whole new goal and start again on the next hole. No one hits a hole in one every time. Sometimes you duff a shot or you hit a tree. It happens. Just roll with it and learn from it. And along the way, you may decide to quit and play a completely different game. Ending a round of golf early to go play with your kids isn't failure. And neither is reevaluating your career goals in light of your changing personal goals. Priorities change over time, and so will your definition of success. But the most important thing to take away is that you need to actually set goals. You're constantly moving forward at full speed, but are you going in the right direction? Without clear goals, both personal and professional, you have no way of knowing. You have no compass. This is when you start working long hours to get a promotion, when you hate your job. Or you buy expensive cars and a huge house, when all you really need is a one-bedroom apartment and an old Civic to get to work. You binge drink and party on the weekends and then complain that you never had the time to learn to play the guitar. It's important to remember that none of these things is inherently wrong, uh, but they may be wrong for you right now. And unless you take a couple minutes to reflect, you'll just drift through life or follow other people's goals. And you'll be a failure without even knowing it. And that's your coaching note. Thanks for listening. If you're new to the show, you can catch up on all of our past episodes and get access to tons of training courses, cheat sheets, articles, and downloads by visiting abacusshow.com.